0: Hello, you are listening to Omnitalk's Retail Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the a and Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, Avalara, TGW, and Sezzle. Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the Retail Fast Five is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Today is December 6th, 2023. I'm your host, Dan Mazinga. And I'm your other
1: host, Chris Walton.
0: And we are here once again to discuss the most important headlines from the past week that highlight how the physical, digital, and human elements of retail are coming together to shape the future. Chris, we have a big, we have some big announcements to make, but we have a new Omnistar to announce. I'm pretty pumped. I'm going to let you do the honors. Name for our listeners who... Our next Omni Star. Who right. is this
1: Omni Star? Drum roll, please. And remember last, time, last month, Nice, yeah, nice yeah, yeah, yeah. done. Yeah, it's the first week of the month. We said we're going to do it. we got an Omni Star every month. First week of
0: the month. First week of the month. First, week. The first, first week of the month. First week is the Oh my first God, week we're starting this month. off
1: like this. All right, we're starting the show off like this. This is great. All right. So, yes, indeed. We, Omni Talk, in partnership with Corso, are pleased to announce that Bala Prasanna, the VP of Store Automation and Innovation at Walmart, is this month's Omni Star. While is winning the award this month for his role, as was discussed in the headlines, particularly because, Anne, we pay attention to the actual headlines, don't we, Anne? Yes, we do.
0: On occasion. Yeah, yeah sure.
1: Yeah. We try to read in between the headlines, actually, but he was very instrumental in rolling out ESLs across Walmart's store base, a technology which I know, Anne, you agree Uh, And we both do think is a linchpin for smart store of the future design. So we want to commend Walmart for that and also Bala's for Bala um, for his work too. We also want to recognize Bala for his work
0: on that initiative as well. So congrats to him. Congratulations, Bala. Good job. Keep it going. I hope we can pick Bala again down the road, maybe next year for Omni Stars. What are you gonna yeah, do can, next? Can for you be us?
1: a multi multi star? And I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. We, we gotta I give this award like some more mileage first before we, we start naming people twice, but it could yeah, happen. It we could also happen.
0: need like something to give them. We need to really work on like what the like the golden, um, Some hardware talk bubble or something yeah. like the Amitok bubbles yeah. or something. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. We'll work on it. We'll work we'll on it. come up with something. But By the you'll time def- you win again, Bala, we'll have a, we'll have a new piece of hardware yes, for you. Yes.
1: And you'll definitely see the announcements going out on social later today. All right, and but before we get started, before we go to the headlines, do we have any announcements on content or anything else we need to tell our listeners about today?
0: Yes. Content announcements. Until we get a soundboard, Chris, we're going to be making our own sounds for these content announcement. Um, oh, don't, week- tell me, Ed. don't tell
1: me, yeah, Don't tell me. I know.
0: Me. I know. I know you and a soundboard. It's like, I know you're asking Santa. I know that's open Pandora's list. box, my friend. Um. Okay. Well, this week we had binders, Brian Kavanaugh back on our spotlight series podcast, where we went even deeper with him on the subject of digital asset management. Um, it's now available on AmiTalk.blog or wherever you get your podcasts. And this is so important right now. We're going to be talking about a few headlines where again, in this show, if you don't have your, your dam set up, your digital asset management, you're going to be in a world of hurt as, as things change as we're going into new forms of content, new forms of personalization to get your products in front of your customers. So make sure you check that out.
1: That's right. Get on the damn ball. It's a good way to put it. You know, you got to get that stuff figured out. And I got to tell you too, we released this conversation. It's already doing really well. It's more listened to than our average podcast at this time, you know, one week out from its release. And I said it last week, I'll say it again. It is definitely, uh, it was a conversation we had him on it, you know, previously, but the conversation the second time was even better than the first. And so if you want to learn more about Binder, the most intuitive enterprise digital asset management, platform out there. You can also book a demo easily at binder.com. So you might want to check that out. Omni Talk fans.
0: Okay. And one more thing, Chris, uh, we yes. talked about it last week, but I want to keep hammering this home because it is such an easy way for people to make an impact, especially all you retailers out there listening. We know you're headed to NRF already. Please, please, please listen to one of the most impactful events that you can attend. That is the Retail Orphan Initiative Super Saturday Saturday Analyst Day on Saturday, January 13th. For every retailer, every one of you that attend, 250 children will get clean water, education, or life skills just from you being there. It's 100% free. All you have to do is show up. And just from last year, this is their 15th year, Chris. And last year, just from retailers being there, $380,000 was raised and helped over 325,000 children in 28 different countries. Retailers, you can go to retailroi.org. That's retailroi.org to register. You get the full agenda for the day, which includes, let's not forget a keynote session from run And yeah, there's BMC, some sugar involved man. in this too, And yes, yes, for sure. Daryl McDaniels will be sharing his life journey He also had a stint in foster care, um, and obviously he'll be talking about his time in the music industry, so make sure you check it out. And technology suppliers, you play a role in this too. Uh, Sponsorships are available for retail ROI, and they start as low as $2,500. So please check that out. Thank you to everybody in advance. This is a really near and dear cause to Chris and I, so please make a huge difference in the lives of children and go to retailroi.org. Thank you very much. That awesome. was my TED talk.
1: It's a great cause, though. It's an awesome cause. It's, couldn't be more excited for it. It Should be a really fun event. And kudos to everyone involved for putting that together. Because you know, four hundred thousand dollars is not something to sneeze at. That's that's, no. that's quite a. Three hundred twenty-five
0: thousand kids. That's amazing. And, yeah, and three hundred twenty-five
1: thousand kids too. So yeah all right and well should we get this show started should we get the yes. party start let's get it started let's get you started it oh god Ed. Oh, you, you open pendora's box all right it's today's fast five we've got news on uber store pickup Ooh, what is that you might ask doordash adding best buy to its marketplace walmart canada's unique store renovation plans up north and Microsoft's Jeff Strasser stops by to give us five insightful minutes on AI. But we begin today with what some might call a retraction from NRF. And dun, dun,
0: dun. All right, Chris, headline number one, according to Grocery Dive, the National Retail Federation on Friday said that it has edited a retail crime report released in April and has withdrawn a claim regarding organized retail crime, also known as ORC, if you are in the know. The new report no longer includes any estimate of organized retail crimes, overall impact in dollar terms, nor the big assertion that at the time, nearly half of all shrink is attributable to organized retail crime. According to its most recent report on shrink, about 29 percent is lost because employees steal merchandise or money and another 34 percent is lost to process errors or for unknown or other reasons. The remaining 36% is from external theft of which organized retail crime is a subset. Chris, that's a pretty major clarification here on something that's been pounding the headlines for the last year or two, especially. What are your thoughts on this retraction?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it is really interesting. I mean, I can remember when that report came out in April, you know, 50% of shrink is due to organized retail crime. Everyone was like, whoa, okay, that's a big number. Uh, but, you know, I think I'm, I'm actually really glad that NRF has restated the report um, yeah. because I think there is a lot more going on here. I actually read the or, the restated organized crime report as well as NRF's 2023 security survey cover to cover last night. Ooh,
0: sounds like a sounds like a sexy Tuesday night, Chris. That's, that's definitely one way to put it. <laughs>
1: sexy crime stories with Chris Walton, <laughs> on hey, sexy retail crime. Signify those I, crimes I,
0: and cocktails. I, I, I mean, that should is... be
1: our new podcast, sexy yes. crime stories with retail crime stories with Chris Walton. Oh, no one would listen oh, to no, that. No, but no. all right. But anyway, here were the key statistics to me. So the 2023 security study, security survey study found that the average shrink rate in the fiscal year of 2022 increased 1.6%, which was up from 1.4% in fiscal 2021. So when you take that as a percentage of sales, that increase in shrink represents about $112 billion in losses. So pretty substantial across the industry. But the question then becomes what's causing it. right. The last part of what you read in the headline was what's most interesting to me because the statistics of where the shrink comes from, 34% are from process errors. That is what I wanted to understand longitudinally, but I couldn't find any mention or study of that Metric across a time horizon in either of those two reports. It may be out there, but it wasn't, I couldn't find it in those two reports. And the reason I say that is because inventory accuracy was already atrocious in retail heading into the pandemic. It was 60 to 70% at best. That's what all the studies say compared to a warehouse, which is in the high to mid 90s. Then you think the pandemic happens. You throw shipping from store, you have more curbside pickup, more self checkout. How has data inaccuracy not gotten worse over the last few years? And I would argue substantially worse because there's so many more touch points in different ways through the average retail operations day now. Right. Customers, employees, they're having to move products much more than they ever had before. So, you know, I find it a more likely story to believe than I find that actually impact to be a like, more likely story to believe than everyone across the nation is stud, suddenly stealing more. That may be impacting it a little bit, but what's changed, you know, societally that we're now all stealing more. Maybe we are, I don't know, but I think we have to dig into that number more longitudinally to understand this here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I was actually kind of happy to see this because I felt like, Oh, thank God. Okay. I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, what is happening to humanity? I mean, we have heard from retailers that we talked to that they are seeing increases in different types of theft and different ways of doing things with all of the new like self checkout machines curbside pickup like we know that there is some there are some bad actors out there there is some Hmm. like legitimate theft happening, but I really think that this puts the responsibility clearly now back on those retailers like you have to be making investments now in areas to mitigate some of the the processing errors that you're talking about you have to start investing in better inventory accuracy you have to be like really re- working to refine the processes because now your shareholders are are aware it's not something like the weather anymore where you can say like the weather impacted this. It's not right. theft. It's not organized retail crime being 50% of the problem. Like right. we can't do anything about it. It's an act of God. We can't help like people, society being worse. Like now there's some onus that's back on the retailers, I think, to really make smart investments, to get this number to a place that is feasible to do business again. And I, I think that's what hopefully will come out of this.
1: Right. And that's a good point. The last thing I'd say on that too, and is like with every headline you read, everyone, you always have to look at what's the motivation for the headline. Right. right. And yep. And and I hate to say it, but the retail industry is motivated to have crime or theft be the answer because it makes them it it makes them look better. If they were to come out and say our inventory accuracy is atrocious and we don't have a handle on it, that's not going to play well from a PR perspective. So no. But so until we need to understand that specifically, though, to get a clearer picture of what's really going on here. And and I call on the industry. I think you do, too, to start tracking that more overtly. Right. All right. Headline number two, Uber has launched a new store pickup feature for holiday procrastinators who may be in need of a little extra help with their gift giving. And according to The Verge. Not to be confused with the verb. I'm going to say that every time we do a headline. Oh, I'm aware. Verge I think all the because, listeners are too. Because the Verve is one of my favorite bands. According to the Verge, for a fee, customers can request an Uber courier pickup. That can request that an Uber courier pick up a purchased item from a store to be delivered to a recipient of their choosing. Customers who elect to use the service must upload the item's receipt in order to authorize the courier's pickup. Items have to be less than $200 and weigh less than 30 pounds, and customers can track the item live in the Uber app. Uber says the feature is now live in unbelievably 1,500 cities and towns across America, including what appears to be many of the major cities. And yeah, when I think of holiday gift-giving procrastinators, you are probably the last person that honestly comes to mind. I feel like you get your stuff done really early. But I'm curious, what is your take on this from both the consumer and the retailer's perspective?
0: Oh, I love this. I think it's brilliant. Mm. Yes. I I disagree. I think it's it. it, No, it's a personal assistant on demand Mm. during a very stressful time of year. And for what could be an endless supply of retailers. Like what I love about this is you're not, it's not like, you know, Uber eats DoorDash, Instacart. You're not limited to the retailers that are on that platform necessarily. If there's, if they're doing this in as many cities as they say they are, I, you could send somebody to just about anywhere for like, Bread for like or like things that you're getting ready for the holidays, like groceries, all the way down to gifting. Like this, this could be endless. There are so many applications here that I think could be so valuable. But in terms of just the gift giving, let's just stick there for a minute. I think it's a great way for Uber to test the viability of these services and to test the relationships with retailers. I know there's going to be some challenges. Perhaps I think that's probably what your concern is on the retailer side. But I think that. This gets customers a taste in one service of what membership for some of these platforms could look like, especially the Uber platform to become a member where you're constantly getting these services. It lets uh, the retailers get a sense of what it's like to work with the retailers and Uber both ways. They both get a sense of like who the quality retailers are, who are going gonna to be able to fulfill this without friction. And I think you, I don't know if you've done this a lot, but I'm a DoorDash pass member. You are. And- and recently one of my girlfriends is a third grade teacher. She was about to go into conferences. She was going to have a terrible day. I could send her flowers and some tea for conferences. I sent it to her school. Yeah. The DoorDash driver brought it to her. Like these things, I they bring so much joy to people. Like I just love, I, once you do that, like I'm hooked, I will never give up DoorDash because I love doing these things. And all I have to do is click a button. I click one button and I, I'm bringing this joy. I'm having this emotional experience that I'm able to help my friend out make her day. And I think that that's something that this is going to allow for that is is brilliant. Like I, I would pay a lot of money for that. And I think that this is going to be just a catalyst to, to Uber doing this down the road and using it as a, an acquisition tool for, for customers to get on the platform.
1: Oh, contraire, mon frère! I have to say, I think you actually, I think your argument actually just spun it in my direction too. Because here's Ooh. what I would say: I'm curious too. Before before I get to my points, the way I'm reading this, Ann, are you reading this the same way that basically you just take your QR code from any company where you've elected buy buy online, pick up in store, and you yes. send it to the driver, and so the retailers don't even know this is going on, right? That's the other. I That's they might not even be involved in this, right? I don't, I don't understand how you could roll it out so
0: quickly. Otherwise, right. But anyway, I I think it's just the equivalent of like, when I order something for curbside pickup, you can place another pickup person as your pickup person. So it's not going to change anything necessarily on the retailer's hands. Yeah. uh, Ideally. Well,
1: yeah, right. So there, there goes my point. So, okay. So, so, so here's, here's what I don't like about it from a consumer perspective. It seems like a huge adoption hurdle for me, like to get into the habit of doing that. And, and to the point that you made, why is it better than a dash pass for a quick delivery of a gift instead? Because essentially you're still asking for a delivery. So I don't understand what the what the extra step is in needing to do a pickup order from the, the retailer itself. And the retailers are going to get quicker and faster too. So I don't see the long-term viability of this as a user interface Ooh. in the long run.
0: It, that's are, that's assuming that though, but I'm saying, Chris, like if you think about Every single retailer, like in order for to do that for DoorDash, the retailer has to be on the DoorDash platform. This is saying like Lululemon, I can do, I could set up a pickup for Lululemon store pickup. I mean, all these stores are doing store pickup right now. So it doesn't limit you, which is what I like about it.
1: Fair point. But now let me get to the other point, which is the retailer's perspective. The retailers are going to hate this. Um, They're going to hate it because, there's going to be a, a even if there's a small amount of volume going through this service in the beginning you met you screw up one or two of these orders at the store level like it's going to be a pain in the butt because now the retailer is not dealing with the customer they're dealing it with an uber driver and having to coordinate that and like what who who owns the fault in that process is just going to be a customer service nightmare whenever it happens and so the retailers are not going to want to do this and i would i would imagine actually in the future if uber tries to do this this kind of feels like how uber got started too like we're just going to do what we want to do and not tell everyone potentially i have no idea if that's what's at play here but the retailers are going to try to figure out ways to shut this down like do you have to say who's picking it up do they ex- do they continue to accept this type of thing do they allow this type of thing to happen i think that is what you're going to see because it's going to be painful for the reason we just talked about in the last story how all these things are already causing pain for the retailer. so i i i just don't i, I don't like it at all i think i don't i don't, I, I don't see this having legs but we'll have to disagree i think, are we gonna agree I, think and disagree? It, I
0: think there's going to be some friction for sure I actually think that it might even be on the customer's point. I might be able to side with you more on the customer's standpoint of like, now as a customer, which I didn't think about until you said this, I have to go in, order my thing from Lululemon, say that I'm going to have an Uber driver. Then like, I think it's, there is going to be some, I think the most friction is going to be on the consumer side, right? Like up until this point, but am I willing to go through that extra hurdle right now in the middle of the holidays when I don't have the time to do it? So
1: and Perception. relative to Dash Pass or relative to like just acting, asking for like quick one day delivery from your own retailer for an extra fee. Like, I just don't see that. And, like, yeah, 100%. Like, there's all those, if there's all those steps for the consumer, there's even more steps for the retailer on the customer service
0: side. I don't know if I agree with that as much, but we'll see. We'll agree to disagree. Let's see where it goes. Okay. Yeah. Let's do all it. Right. All right. I love all it. Right. Headline number three, Chris, Best Buy is now the first electronics retailer on DoorDash's marketplace. According to a DoorDash press release, and to celebrate the news, up until December 5th, consumers were able to get $15 off Best Buy orders of $55 or more using code BEST15. And DashPass members with an active DashPass account were able to get $25 off Best Buy orders of $55 or more using code BEST25. Going forward, Best Buy Products will also be available on Dash Pass, DoorDash's membership program, that offers a $0 delivery fee on eligible orders from thousands of grocery, convenience, and retail stores nationwide. Uh, Chris, this is also the AM put you on the spot question. AM Ooh. would like to know how much do you think product category matters in a customer's digital journey to shop a marketplace like DoorDash first? versus your average retailers.com? Ooh, wow. Uh,
1: I would answer that. Kennedy, uh, I would say, I think category matters, but not okay. as much as how quickly you need the category. And those two go hand in hand, quite honestly. Like the example I like to use, Ann. I've told you this before, but back in my patio furniture days, we, oh, used yeah. to jo- we used to joke that no one has a patio furniture emergency. Like the chances of you needing a large patio set same day are pretty darn small. Like, so you don't really need that category to be on the DoorDash platform in right. theory. There might right. be a few exceptions, but part and parcel, if you're having a party for Memorial Day, you're going to plan that in advance and get that thing set up and ordered in advance. So, but you start talking about electronics, which is the case of this headline on big game days or especially around holiday for gift giving, like we just talked about 100%. That's yeah. why I think I think this is a smart play because Best Buy is essentially extending the amount of customers it can reach with its brand via this partnership. And the other thing I love about this story, Anne? Yeah. Math. Math is what I love about this story. And by that, math? I mean, da- yes, math. M-A-T-H. You lost me.
0: You lost or me. if
1: I'm in Europe, maths. Because they always say maths. <laughs> I don't know why, but they do. Shout out to my European friends. All right, Jordan, because here's why. Dash Pass, Anne, $10 a month. Yep, it's one hundred twenty dollars a year. Yep. Amazon Prime, one hundred thirty nine dollars a year. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Dash Pass is the new Prime when you talk about this angle of giving your customer what he or she wants. Yep. Um. So you know, it and and again, like I said, I think this essentially from Best Buy obsoletes the need to even try the Uber Store that we talked about before. So I'm very impressed. Yeah, I think it's a smart move by Best Buy. It hits at the consumer need with. Minimal operational impact for Best Buy, I might, I might add, and with lesser consumer <laughs> adoption hurdles too. Mm. You're, you're, the floor is now yours.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I don't have much more to add here. I kind of can't believe that it took this long for Best Buy to do this. Like they've been already white labeling same day delivery for a while through their own website. But I love the additional exposure that they're going to get to consumers. Like I think when you go to to DoorDash, at least in my experience, when I'm looking for something, it's, you know, I need a phone charger. Right now, the only right. option that I have is Target, usually, or or in some cases, you know, another like a CVS or something. But I love that this category now Best Buy will come up as this category. It gets people exposure to the Best Buy brand, much more variety in terms of electronics to like make the best decision for you. So I think I'd, I'd be willing to bet this is a category that a lot of people were looking for on DoorDash that wasn't being served. Like when, when DoorDash goes through, like what items have been searched? Like I bet this is a big one that people have been looking for, especially the more people like you're saying that get on DashPass that are using this as their alternative to Prime. So I think this is this is a huge I think this is a big game changer for for DoorDash and for Dash Pass holders. So I love it. Let's keep going. Yeah. Especially at this time of
1: the year, right? Yes. Like that's the thing. Like this is a key time of the year for yeah. for the people that are going to need this service. So all right, and let's now turn our attention to the topic of generative AI and welcome Jeff onto the show. You can't say Gen AI right now without talking about Microsoft. So we're fortunate to be joined today by Microsoft's general manager for modern work in retail and consumer goods, Jeff Strasser, to give us five insightful minutes on how top retailers are leveraging the technology now, and more importantly, where they should be in the future. Jeff, retailers are stressed at dealing with supply chain disruptions, labor availability, changing customer expectations, just to name a few, and all during an inflationary climate. Where GenAI having the most impact when helping retailers tackle these challenges right now?
2: Thanks, Chris. Yeah, so many challenges and so many opportunities, and that's the great thing about generative AI, is it's a set of tools that can help from product development through manufacturing and the supply chain, all the way out into the customer experience and the frontline experience to bring all this data together to make people more efficient and productive in their decision-making and uh, and ultimately how they're supporting their customers, which of course is the most important. Um, in fact, in our early data, working with early generative AI customers using the Microsoft 365 co-pilot solution, uh, 70% of those users are already saying that they're more productive using these tools. 68% are saying it's improved the quality of their work and almost 30% that they're completing work faster. That gives us the ability to do more and do better work with the people that we have and, uh, and ultimately deliver a more cost-effective, uh, set of services and products to our customers.
0: Well, Jeff, there's no doubt that Gen AI is helping improve multiple areas of a retailer's business, like you just said, but it's still new. There's a lot of retailers who are still having concerns about some of the vulnerabilities that this could expose. Um, how does CoPilot for Microsoft 365 really help ensure that data privacy, that security that the retailers and brands want? Yeah.
2: So the great thing about CoPilot in Microsoft 365 is that it only has access to the data that you have access to. I uh, mean, mm-hmm. the benefit there is, uh, you know, it's here to do your work but it's not able to reach out and get insights and information on things that you shouldn't know about. And the tools that are built into the platform and built into the Microsoft security platform are able to use AI to secure that content and uh, and make sure it's used in the appropriate manner. Those security tools actually even move into securing the environment as a whole. So bring AI into cybersecurity, where we can use AI to automate a lot of what analysts are doing today so they can really do deep dive investigations into protecting the environment without having to dig through huge troves of information that are impossible to keep up with without tools and AI supporting them.
1: So Jeff, if I extrapolate in the future, kind of what you're saying here is like, if it's not already, Gen AI has the potential to become kind of the foundational building block of quote unquote, the store of the future, a term we love here at OmniTalk. So I'm curious though, As we think about it from that lens, is there a retailer or a brand that's nailing its application right now?
2: So companies like Mars, Domino's, Starbucks, just to name a few examples uh, that we're working with today and it's early days setting that long-term strategy. With Mars specifically, uh, we're working together with them on an AI lab that will focus on how they streamline their own internal operations, uh, better predict what customers are looking for, case trends and help them guide product development. Uh, all, then moving into the manufacturing space, working with uh, with Marge on bringing AI into man- the manufacturing environment uh, through uh, both generative AI, cloud, edge technology, digital twins to, to provide digital clones of the supply chain uh, to simulate different scenarios and opportunities. And then uh, finally, over the next two years, Marge is actually gonna be working on an entirely new cloud platform, uh, inclusive of new applications, data, and artificial intelligence to lay this foundation for the fa- factory of the future. And uh, mm. that'll include robotics, AI, automation, and make the organization that much more efe- efficient and uh, uh, and contribute to their sustainability goals, reducing waste, emissions, uh, be a better steward uh, with, when it comes to water usage. Uh, so much opportunity using data and using AI uh, from product development all the way through manufacturing and the supply chain
0: love about that example that mars example is that that's just where ai gen ai has taken us in the last few months since you started using it with your partners what's next like i mean where what are some of those other retailers that you're or brands that you're working with where do they plan to take it in the future
2: yeah so it's really going to be across uh, across every part of the customer life cycle, product and customer life cycle. So Domino's, as I mentioned, is another great example. We're working with them on a number of solutions using the Microsoft Cloud, using Azure OpenAI, which is bringing those large language models into Azure to fully transform how, uh, how Domino's customers order and order uh, pizza and how it's processed and brought to them. Even down to the store managers, hmm. where, they're, where they're currently building a generative AI assistant also, you know, back on the back end, using Azure OpenAI and the large language models to help store managers um, manage their schedules, manage their store environment, manage their ingredient ordering inventory uh, more efficiently, which is so critical, especially got Chris, as you mentioned, back when it comes to labor shortages uh and um Uh, you know, and and all the challenges that retailers are associated with. And then finally, uh, also with Domino's, using generative AI to be able to uh, to help support a lot of those operational functions within the stores so managers can work more directly with their employees, uh, hopefully uh, driving higher retention rates, which are, of course, a huge um, cost to the business uh, when we're turning over employees within
1: frontline retail. Oh my God, such a great example. Back to my store manager days. Think about generative AI and the application of scheduling my team. Totally blowing my mind, Jeff. That was awesome. Thank you. Okay, headline number four. Walmart Canada is investing $1 billion to upgrade its stores and most specifically, also includes its own plan for a store of the future. Second week in a row and stores of the future are back. Back, we're back, baby. According to Chain Storage, Walmart Canada's future flagship location, the Square One Walmart Supercenter in Mississauga, Ontario, hope I said that right to all my friends up north, is the retailer's largest store by square foot and will act as a prototype for omni-channel retail innovation. The store transformation will begin with the reimagine electronics department, where traditional product cases will be replaced by open displays, allowing for hands-on interactions. And in which customers will be able to see product availability in real-time, scan a QR code to place their order, and experience immediate on-site delivery by an associate f- facilitated by automation. Hmm. The location will also feature Walmart's first health hub. Whoa, a lot of alliteration oh going on here. hub! will also feature Walmart Canada's first health hub, which will centralize pharmacy, vision center, and medical clinic into one area and include an expanded omnichannel operations area with dedicated space for employees to pick pack and stage customer orders and cancel Christmas. Like I said before to store the future headlines in two weeks. What do you like and not like about Walmart Canada's current store of the
0: future plans as described in this article? Um, Well, I love it. I think 2024 is shaping up to be a real good store of the future year, Chris, and I am ready for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to say, so Walmart in the past, like Walmart's been doing like whatever they want to call it, like store like overhauls and like, you know, design overhauls and new design experiences that really have kind of left me wanting more. Um, But I think that this is really a smart move that Walmart is making. I like the approach of a showroom concept for electronics. Like, I think this makes sense. It's going to be an elevated experience that Walmart customers have not had before. So I definitely think it's worth, worth giving this a shot. Now I do worry slightly that because this is changing operations and just given Uh the current landscape of hiring and those kinds of experiences, like this is great in theory when it works and you have associates that Uh are, you know, and they probably will have their best associates in this store, but this is one of those things that I think is really can be difficult to roll out and to scale to other stores. So for me, it's great. I love, I love how they're going through this. They're creating this, this seamless customer experience, using automation, giving this more space for their associates to, you know, pack and pick orders. Like all of that makes sense. Now it's just, you know, how do we keep this from this progression from getting killed? Because, you know, it doesn't work when you roll it out to one more store or somebody has a bad experience. And this gets this whole project gets killed because that's, that's always the risk that we've been a part of that we talk about with store of the future concepts where the cord gets cut too early because of, you know, this test didn't go exactly how Walmart had planned. So that's my approach. Somebody gets afraid. Yes, that's so funny. Yeah, you can tell your background
1: comes through loud and clear in that one. And I had very, very similar thoughts. I mean, first of all, I think you know, to answer my own question, like what's the love or not or hate about this concept as described in the in the headline? I don't think there's anything because I think stores of the future, as a concept, give you the right to experiment and it's iterate inside the store over time, you know. the proof point is going to be exactly what you said is, it's going to be if Walmart Canada's leadership actually allows the store to work iteratively for the next 10 years, right? right? That it can truly be its innovation lab. And the case in point is electronics. Like it, Electronics is the right category to try something like what was described yeah. because generally it requires service to find the products you need, but not always. So it will still definitely impact sales but you don't know what what degree and you don't know what other positive trade-offs you're going to see too. Like, are you going to see less shrink, right? Because that setup should allow for less shrink. Are you going to have a likely smaller and more inviting floor pad where you can do more creative things from a merchandising perspective? Does the less amount of space that you devote to electronics allow you to put other product categories that you can sell on the floor uh, to a greater degree as well to generate more revenue from them? So there's a lot of trade-offs that will be understood and they're going to learn. And that's the beauty of it. But provided that the big question is, can you stomach the failures, Walmart Canada leadership that are part and parcel of the learning process? That's the big question. And honestly, I think you are the same. I'm skeptical of them having the the intestinal fortitude to pull that off. Do you feel the same yeah. way?
0: Yeah. But I also spoken like a true merchant. Like, I hadn't thought about the opportunities that this unlocks for the rest of the merchandising, like how much stuff, more stuff they can get on the floor and how this will change that whole layout, which I think is really important. Like there are so many positives. Just hang on. Hold on for one more day. Walmart Canada. Stick it out.
1: Yeah, and the one thing I the one thing I'd say too is like generally speaking, when we hear of store innovation plans, I hate when you're taking categories and doing things categorically because you're creating a disjointed experience from the rest of the store in terms of how you're expecting the customer to shop. Right. But I think electronics, that is already ingrained in people's heads. You go to that area, you know it's going to be a different experience and it's not that different than how you have to unlock the keys. To, you have to get keys to unlock the video games and ask for right. help. So so, right. so, that makes sense. But if you start doing that more so throughout the store, then I'd have big questions and, and likely would would think it's actually not going to work.
0: All right, let's finish up the show. All right, well, we're still going to talk about Walmart in this last headline because yes, Chris Walmart is getting into rom-coms, make way Hallmark channel. We've got some new content underway. According to Chain Storage, again, Walmart is set to launch its first ever shoppable video series on three popular social media platforms. The 23 part, you read that right? 23 parts of the shoppable add to heart Yes, it's a play on Add to Cart. It's a shoppable romantic comedy commercial series featuring items at the top of holiday wish lists, including furniture, holiday decor, and clothing, allowing Walmart customers to watch and shop while enjoying the show. I'm going to use the term enjoying loosely. The shoppable series uh-huh. was, is released on TikTok, Roku, and YouTube. Uh it was released on December 2nd, with the remainder dropping December 5th. And December 8th, Chris, are you going to be spending the weekend watching Add to Heart? Oh my God, no.
1: Uh, I, and I have so many issues with this. I I, I was kind of joking with on text messages, but, but I watched part one, Ring Ring, <laughs> which is legitimately real. That's the name of the first episode. And all these episodes are like three minutes long. So you can tell they're making them for social media. And yeah. I mean, first of all, for this to work as an idea and home depot is jumping on it too like the content has to be watchable which from my experience of watching the first two episodes is kind of dubious like i'm like why am i watching this why am i watching these under three minute segments who's in them who's starring in them who's writing them i have so many questions about why i don't Walmart think this is for this you this is in in their skill set no i don't well i don't know that i mean i don't know that 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 i'm not sure that that matters too but like i'm just trying to think like and then, and then, and then the other thing I don't like about it too, I watch mine on YouTube. Yep. And so you have to go off YouTube to purchase it. And it basically, it, it, it's calling it, I would use the term shoppable video very loosely for how this experience is set up. Like it basically takes you to a product listing page on walmart.com. Yeah, It's curated to the episode, which is not the most enticing way to shop or the most conversion laden way to shop too. So so, and then the whole thing is just so obvious and add the cart or add the heart. I couldn't, I, mean, I can't, I couldn't stop laughing as I was texting you. I'm like, oh my god, I mean, I give them an A for effort, but long-term impact. I don't, I don't, I just don't see it. There's too many holes to jump through with scripting with actors, the way they're trying to do it. And I, I got to think my hunch is correct though. YouTube, the YouTube episodes I watched them other than the first one, they have like 13,000 views, which is Less than some of our OmniTalk store tours and the amount of marketing that's getting put behind this, that number yeah. should be way higher and yeah. way higher. So I like the angle that Home Depot is taking where they're going more home improvement with it yeah. and like a format show. I think you have to have a format show where you go to the same repeatable thing every time if you're going to get into content. Kind of yeah. like Queer Eye for the Straight Guys, the same setup all the time or back in the day. You know, that's my I my format show that I go to. So I I I think until you do that, you this doesn't have a hope in hell of working or being anything more than just a PR buzz message, you know, for the PR sizzle, as our good friend Curry used to say.
0: That's all this is, in my opinion, right now. Well, it's it's an experiment, Chris. It's an experiment.
1: I know. I think that
0: you have Walmart looking at the success of some of their competitors, like Amazon, getting into. Content creation, Apple getting into content creation, but again, like we've but said, not, yeah. we say, like we said many times on the show, that doesn't mean it's always going to work for no. everyone. So no. I think I have to agree. I mean, I think I do believe like what Home Depot is doing here is great. Like I think that kind of content makes sense, and I think we're going to continue to see shoppable content like this happening, and a lot of retailers having success. What, like you said, when there's a good format. It's tips on how to do a table, Jordan Sparks doing a tablescape right. for, you know, Home Depot with the products, showing demos of how that works. I mean, right. it reminds me of, um, you know, a friend of, uh, of Omitox, Amanda Brinkman. She did this with Deluxe when yeah. she was there. Yeah. She created a show on Hulu. She's yeah. doing that now for other brands. Yeah. Like, I think that there is the possibility yes. to do this right, yes. but you have to pay off the content. And I I don't personally see the appeal, but I'm not a Hallmark movie channel avid watcher. So these, the cheesy holiday films are not like for me so that I think like, maybe it'll work. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but I do think that we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater in this one. Like, I do think that there is success that can come from this, even if it is just the QR code on the screen where you can shop what you see Jordan doing. Like it's, to me, it provides a pretty seamless experience when you can go and do that, if you're yeah. in that mindset, which I think a lot of people are. So I, I think you're hitting
1: the nail on the head. And I think it's brilliant what you're saying. Like the, the key to unlock to me is it's, it's not a scripted series. That's not what shop that's not shot. The shoppable content that I think people are going to want. They're going right. to want the quick hits, the format shows that are played to that angle because although who wants to see a scripted show, that's, that's a to get you to shop. Like that's, that's not scripted content that I think people want to, necessarily watch like that just well, seems the Walmart one's a bridge even, too far for me yeah
0: the Walmart one to me didn't even really seem like I think they were doing a good job of trying not to make the shopping so overt in the messaging right. but it's like it's Walmart content we know it's going to be there like sh- say that the lamps are for yeah. sale or whatever you know like they wait till the end and they say right. if you want to buy all the things in here like you have to get. I think you have to set the the viewers up for the right expectations too. Like you're watching this programming. Yes, it's by Home Depot. We are going to help you. We're going to assist you with this content in getting the products that you're interested in right when you see them. So that makes sense. I think the Walmart one just still is not. It's not hitting for me.
1: So this whole thing reminds me of that Seinfeld episode, which all the Seinfeld fans out there remember. He's like. They're like selling the story of the new Seinfeld show, the pilot. They're like, why am I watching it? The guy and the George's like, because it's on TV. the, the NBC executive is like, not yet. And like, it's like, it's like, why am I watching this? You're right. It's so much smarter to just play the social media influencer angle with this to start to get people acclimated to what shopping through social media actually is and how it works. So, all right, that was fun. And I like that discussion. That was fun discussion.
0: All right, let's get to the lightning round. Chris, uh, question number one for you, supermarkets in England are getting in trouble for ignoring regulations, banning the prominent placements of sweets, snacks, and sodas to combat childhood obesity if these supermarkets were to design an end cap of regulation skirting sweets snacks and sodas for chris welton what would it include
1: oh and that's that's easy i think you know top row
0: twix no top
1: row actually would be doritos then twix then diet coke and then captain morgan actually maybe captain morgan on the top I'm 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 gonna go captain morgan diet coke Skittles, Twix, Doritos. I'm gonna reverse merchandise, what I just said. That's what I'm doing. That's my merchandise. How long thing.
0: have I known you Captain for? Horton. 10 years now? I've I'm me- big on
1: the Captain and Coke right now, and I'm loving oh it. Oh my yeah.
0: God, what, happen yeah. you? You, yeah. what happened to you? You What happened to your tequila?
1: <laughs> Old age, give it up, man. All right, oh same way, partnered up with Mr. Beast to see how long one lucky contestant could live inside a grocery store. I'm curious, Anne, how long do you think you could live inside of a grocery store? You know, that's kind of
0: my dream. Like, I, I know, I don't think it. this would be hard at all. No. And you know what I would do every night? I would play supermarket sweep. I would just yeah. try to see, like, do you remember that game? Supermarket yeah, of course. sweep? Oh, yeah. Course. Who doesn't, I yeah. would just like every day be like, all right, I'm going to try to get the most expensive card. Or like, I would challenge myself to like, do all these different games. I think it'd be amazing. Plus you get to just like, that's like, you just go walk the aisles and you're like, I'm hungry for this thing. And now I'm going to eat this. And like, I've never tried this. I mean, that sounds incredible. I love this. Can yeah. we sign it up? Sounded,
1: yeah, it sounded like the way this thing was set up was like the super. You have to donate ten thousand dollars worth of products every day that you're in the store too. So I think the store runs out of products over time. Is the only way I could see that you couldn't survive forever in a grocery store because yeah. it has a bathroom, It doesn't have a shower necessarily, but uh, you're stocked. If it's a stocked grocery store,
0: Jesus, I could live there my whole life. I don't. It's think got I'll a slap sink in the butcher department. Yeah, yeah. all you need. Yeah. All you need it's is. Got-
1: you got, got you got romance you got novels.
0: It's got books. Got it's got to entertain me. You know, like I'm good yeah. to go. I'm good you to go. You got wet wipes in one aisle? You're fine. It's <laughs> a <laughs> <need to>
1: shower. <laughs>
0: right. Wet wipes. Yeah, right. I keep cleanse myself off. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, question number three, Chris. General Mills is releasing new cereal flavors and attempts to expand their most popular product into the snacking and treat categories. Which new flavor are you going to be taking home in January? Reese's Puffs Peanut Butter Lovers lucky charms berry swirl tricks with marshmallows mini honey nut cheerios or nature valley vanilla granola
1: Ooh, i'm gonna go with tricks with marshmallows because and as you yeah. know tricks are for kids and i'm a kid at heart and i'm a oh, kid boy. at heart all oh, right boy. snyder's of Hanover is encouraging customers to make their own pretzel cabins instead of gingerbread houses this year because quote every holiday season Gingerbread people are forced to live in houses made of themselves, end quote. <laughs> the greatest quote of all time. It's the greatest quote of all time. Oh, my God. Down and,
0: with gingerbread cannibalism. Which no. is basically
1: what that's about. So where do you come down on gingerbread cannibalism? Are you pro or con the concept?
0: Con these poor gingerbread people I feel so bad for them having to eat themselves but really my question is who eats these things anyway like do people really eat gingerbread houses I don't know It was never a thing when I was growing up like we didn't really do that no you don't eat the
1: gingerbread I don't think you eat well I don't know maybe I I I never have
0: I I I feel like it seems like pretzel rods would be much more structurally sound so yes I think go with the pretzels leave these poor gingerbread people alone
1: What a great marketing campaign! Oh my God! What a that's that's just pure brilliance. I love that. All right, happy birthday today to Judd Apatow, Janine Turner, and to the woman who let J.T. lancer live up to his fictional name in *The Big Chill*. One of my first crushes, the great Joe Beth Williams. And remember, if you could only, do you even know who that is, Ed? You know who Joe Beth Williams is? No, I don't. But
0: I was just thinking. You'd recognize her. Do you, are all of the, like, if you could have a, like, Chris Walton's room now full of, like, posters of all the people that are, like, now that were your crushes growing up, like... It would just be like a geriatric nursing home wall full of people who are who nobody knows. And now this is why we have to do 80. a
1: pop culture show. We have to do like who would be who would be which what four posters would be on each wall? You know the biggest poster on each wall from your childhood. If you could do it over again, yes, yeah, so oh we should we gotta do that. Yeah, we gotta do that. All right. Remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it Omni Talk, the only retail media outlet run by two former executives from a current top ten U.S. retailer. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content that is exclusive to us. And we do it all just for you. And we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. Thanks for always, thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. You can follow us today by simply going to youtube.com slash army talk retail. So until next week, when our friends from the AM Consumer and Retail Group will join us for our annual awards show. Oh boy.
0: On behalf of all of us at Army Talk. Be careful out there. The Amitok Fast Five is brought to you in association with the a and Consumer and Retail Group. The a and Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brands. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. Find out more at firework.com and Avalara. Avalara makes tax compliance faster, easier, more accurate, and more reliable for 30,000 plus businesses and government customers in over 90 countries. Avalara leverages 1200 plus signed partner integrations to power tax calculations, document management, tax return, filing, and tax content access. Visit avalera.com to improve your compliance journey. And TGW, revolutionize your grocery supply chain with TGW. Their experts tailor automation solutions to your needs, ensuring you have the edge. Work with TGW before your competition does. Discover more at tgw-group.com. And Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com.